The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network. Now on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, this is the Bears Coaches Show with Bears head coach John Fox, the coaching staff, and Bears management. The Bears Coaches Show is brought to you by Advocate Healthcare, Comcast, Verizon, and Miller Lite. Now from Hallis Hall, here's the voice of the Bears, WBBM's Jeff Joniak. And a pleasant good evening, everybody, and welcome to PNC Studios here at Hallis Hall. And welcome into the Bears Coaches Show with head coach John Fox with you until 7:30 tonight, Jeff. Joniak and Dave Ragone to come along in the second half of the program. Uh, weird weekend of football before we break down what happened in our game Saturday. I don't know how much you got to see, but uh, some really good football. A lot of teams putting a ton of points up on the board. Some dramatic games. Some weird referee things again. Catch, no catch plays. This league, it continues to stun me a little bit about what's been going on this season across the board. Well, I think, you know, the catch, no catch thing, I think, got really gray in a play here at Soldier Field, yeah. I believe, uh, uh, with the Detroit Lions and Calvin, you know, whenever that rule kind of started getting interpreted that way, I think it's uh, it's gotten fairly confusing, I think, not just for fans, but I think even coaches and people have been doing this a long time. Does it make you struggle a little bit to make decisions? Well, I mean, you don't really know what's going to be the outcome. You know, I think uh, a lot of the scoring plays go, you know, to New York anyways. And, um, you know, so some of this stuff just kind of goes on its own. I think uh, uh, for sure people are, you know, think twice about challenging things now when it relates to that because uh, you just never know how it's going to be interpreted. How about the Dallas-Oakland game? using a piece of paper to figure out if a first down's been made. Nose of the football in the chain by Gene Steratore, I think. Tom Thayer told me last night he's seen a credit card used to do that. I've never seen either. Have you? Uh, no. I, I've got to be honest. Isn't I've that never, ridiculous? I, I've never seen that. But, uh, uh, um, yeah, I think that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. All right, looking back, um, what sticks in your craw about this one? You know, I think just uh, – you know, the inability to move the ball in the first half. You know, I think, um, you know, I just go look back to that, and it's <clears> – I think we punted five times to, to their one. Um, you know, we were fortunate to get a takeaway right before the half, you know, and kick a, a, a late end of the first half field goal. But, um, you know, just – you know, their ability, and again, it was with two good red zone stops to, to create six points on that with one touchdown um, uh, in that mix. But, you know, overall, just not to get points on the board. That's been a struggle for us all season. Function of a lot of things, but what do you point to with the inconsistency from one week to the next in trying to get that offense moving in the right direction, consistently run, consistently scoring and that sort of thing, which has been a function of a 4-10 season? Well, I think, you know, again, defense is, uh, you know, they, they, they practice and get paid too. And, um, you know, people are loading the box. You know, we played this team a month ago, and uh, I think we rushed for 220. So, you know, they're not going to come back with that same game plan. They didn't. They stacked the line pretty heavily, uh, really pretty much forced us to throw the ball. Uh, I think this season you lead the league in plays third down and 11 yards or more, which is really tough for any offense and really tough for a rookie quarterback overall. Is that also a part of the problem right now, these third and longs? Well, I, I think it's not so much that. It's how you get to that. It, yeah. It's the uh, ineffectiveness of our passing game. You know, I think uh, in games we've been able to run and run it consistently. Um, you know, I think you can look at all four wins and see that was part of it. Um, you know, we just be, have to be able to execute the pass game uh, more efficiently. Um, 
and not create third and longs in doing that, and that's been our struggle for the season. Stinking penalties. Well, not just penalties. I mean, it's, uh, you know, in the first half of that game, we had five, they had six, and the penalties weren't the issue. So it's the run game getting stopped, the stuffs, the negative plays in that regard. A couple sacks, not many, but um, you yeah, know, you up, the negative plays add up. Well, no, it's, it's really the effectiveness of our passing game. You know, if you look at our st- statistics, I mean, we're in top 10 in rushing offenses in the league. You know, that's on 14 games, so it's not just a four-game sample. Um, you know, our issue has been in the passing game. Mitch, uh, and you've said it a couple of times already, and uh, Tom and I agree with you, his performance, especially uh, some of those throws he's made, uh, we look forward to seeing a lot more of those. And, and he had some really good darts out there. Yeah, I think uh, there's a couple decisions which, you know, I mean, you look around the league and, you know, there's some Hall of Fame quarterbacks as well as some very veteran quarterbacks that have had three pick days. And you try to avoid them. They do happen, uh, especially when you throw up 46 times in a game. Um, you know, a couple of those I know Mitch would like to have back. Uh, he would tell you the same thing. But, but he had uh, six or seven throws uh, that were – very, very impressive, uh, and he just keeps getting better. And in terms of that happening regularly, is also a function of experience and more reps. No doubt. I mean, it's uh, when you start counting the number of starts uh, that Mitch has had since high school, uh, it's pretty amazing what he's accomplished. Plus, who he's been surrounded with every week, it's it's been different all season long. So. Yeah, Pretty I think that, you know, that, that hurts your continuity, no doubt, when uh, you have different people in there as far as the chemistry you develop and you need you know, to really execute in the passing game well. One thing on the penalties, the drive that we did score on, the Benny Cunningham, that five penalties on that, to survive that and still score, that's rare. Yeah, it was a 99-yard drive. Uh, that, <laughs> as it turned play, out. That play started, or I'm not sure where it started. but started at the eight. Yeah, yeah. Well, we went backwards and then forwards. I think it ended up, went in the books as a 99-yard hey, drive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess that, you know, from uh, just a fan perspective of watching it, the, the start and stops of a game like that gets to be frustrating. Even yeah, for a coach there's no, and a player? Yeah, there's there's no doubt that, um, uh, don't get me wrong, I'm not condoning penalties. Uh, you know, I think, um, you know, it, it's just really the, the our issue has been, you know, consistency on offense. You know, I think we're, you know, ninth in the league in defense, 12th in points. Uh, you know, the problem is we're 28th in points scored and, you know, 30th overall with a, a top 10 rushing attack. So um, it's just... You've got to be able to be two-dimensional in this game. You can't be one-dimensional. I'm talking about on offense. You've got to be able to run and pass, and um, we have not been as effective passing the football. I know that you've been asked about this already, and you had a, I, I caught the tail end of your news conference today talking about making decisions on a fourth down try or, or, or how you onside kick or whatever, some things that came up in that game that could have been tried or whatever. You said the team's not built for that right now. But with all that being said, do you embrace at all the concept of what the heck? We're, we're, we're three and nine in this game right now. We're, we're losing in this game four and ten. How do you answer those critics and say, why not just do whatever? To- well, I think, I think you always want to make decisions that give your team the best chance to win. And I understand our team. Uh, I know the record. Everybody looks at the record. I get that. I'm a big boy. I've been doing this a long time. Uh, I understand those frustrations. Uh, but, you know, if you look at the four games we won, you know, the, it was making the right call, making the right decision at the time uh, in two overtime games as well. So uh, it's not our first close game. And, um, you know, you start making decisions where you just kind of rolling the dice and hoping uh, those get out of hand. 
All right, we're with John Fox in our first segment of the Bears Coaches Show here at PNC Studios at Hattlesaw, and you can help deserving families by donating a winter coat for the Chicago Bears Jewel Osco Coat Drive at participating Jewel Osco locations. Donations benefit the Salvation Army and are accepted until January 1st. Stafford dancing in the pocket. There's pressure on Golden. Missed him and then cleaned up by Acho. A sack back to the 40-yard line. Sam Acho with a uh, fumble force and a sack as uh, he's played some really good football for the Bears uh, this season defensively. The entire defense has as we get you back to the Bears Coaches Show here at PNC Studio at Hallis Hall. The player of the game brought to you by Xfinity, and Sam was our player of the game uh, in that 20-10 to 10 loss on Saturday, John. Yeah, he's uh, he's a great teammate. He's well-respected in this locker room, and uh, you know he's he's shown that with his play. I think uh, you know since the Leonard Floyd injury, which is a huge hit for us, um, you know I think the outside linebacker position, Sam, uh, probably most of all, you know has really picked up his game and made some big plays for us. You know we had four sacks yesterday, and um, you know and they they didn't throw it as much as we did. You know, but uh, they're very capable, and uh, that play he made before half gave us an opportunity at least to get that goose egg off the first half. Early in the season, he uh, felt that you know he was thought he was playing well, and maybe got too full of himself a little bit, as not in those terms that he put it. But he said he kind of felt he was losing his position on the team, and it kind of put him back and to focus to look in the mirror a little bit about what he was doing, and it's, it's worked out for him. He's, he's played much better. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Brandon Staley, his position coach, and, uh, you know, that whole group, you know, they've kind of had to search. You know, we went out and got Lamar Houston. Luckily, he was available. You know, a guy that kind of knows what we're doing some. Uh, but, you know, Sam has kind of held that room together and uh, done a great job. And Lamar, I mean, four sacks. Yeah. Already he had a couple more on Saturday. So, you know, it's not that he couldn't play. He was injured, you know, at the beginning of the season when you guys parted company with him, and he just fit right back in. I mean, he still can play yeah, some good he went, football. he went over to Houston, and, uh, you know, he became available. It was fortunate for us, and, uh, you know, I appreciate his efforts uh, in his time coming back here. Overall, the defense, as you pointed out, uh, mathematically uh, have done some really good things this season. Um, they hit Stafford six times on Saturday. Uh, sacked him a couple of times, four times, as you say, as well. Overall, they've been putting you in a position where whatever's happened offensively, they've given you a great chance to win almost every week. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think, um, you know, I know this, you know, our fans, I'm sure, are disappointed as we are in our record, but, uh, you know, I can think of, uh, you know, all the home games that we've had. They've, they've been interesting to the wire one way or the other, and a couple of them have been wins, uh, not as fortunate in others, but, uh, you know, our defense has, has done that for us all season. I think we're ninth in total defense, 12th in points, you know, uh, fifth in sacks, you know, and that's been, you know, with uh, some injuries and some guys stepping in and doing a well, good job. Well, it's turned over. I mean, you had six starters in season that are not on the field right now. Exactly. You know, so I think, uh, you know, it says a lot about our group. You know, we just got to figure out a way to score more points these next two weeks. And with the defense, the play of Danny Trevathan I brought up last week, uh, when he's on the field, things are different. Uh, 17.6 points per game allowed with Danny Trevathan starting in his 10 games which would rank third best in the league as a whole defense. Now, I'm not just saying it's one guy, but it does. he's been on the field for all four wins, too. So there's something about him that's making a difference. 
No doubt. I mean, he, he brings a, a swagger and a confidence to our group. And, uh, you know, he's been in big spots. And, um, you know, he's, he's a very athletic, sideline-to-sideline side type of player. So that's contagious. And, uh, you know, when he's out there, obviously we're better. Uh, we know the, the names on the defense that are, are doing well. Akeem Hicks got a sack, snapped a five-game uh, sackless streak for him, got his eighth of the year. Uh, the play of Eddie Jackson this year, the play of the corners this year, particularly Kyle Fuller. Some of these other guys that are working their way up the chain now a little bit to maybe put themselves in a position for the future. Jonathan Bullard, Roy Robertson Harris getting more snaps. Do you see optimism? Nick Kwiatkowski, do you see bright futures for these young men? Yeah, I mean, really on this whole football team. I mean, we've got a lot of young, good players, you know, on both sides of the ball, you know, even in the kicking game. So, uh, no doubt, uh, you know, we've had more success on offense. But, you know, we've been we've done a good job running the football as, as an offensive football team, too. So, uh, we're not as far away as our record might indicate. And, uh, you know, I think there's uh, reason for optimism moving forward. Uh, I want to go back to one penalty that I, I didn't quite see it that way, that on DeAndre Houston Carson on the 90-yard return was that iffy yeah I think you know again I can't you know come out but yeah I mean I think there's you know throughout a football game there's a lot of iffy calls it doesn't matter what side of the field you're on uh, well, doesn't it feel like uh, the Bears are getting uh, none of those iffy calls well, it, it, it you know, we, we don't have as much margin for error as some people. And so I think people get, you know, stuck on that, you know, and, and understandably so. Those are big plays that we don't have a lot of other than when they happen and they get taken away. It, it hurts us uh, more than maybe some teams. I'm sure Dow's going to get more questions as the week goes on about, you know, touches for Tariq. Because, again, that's a, a topic, at least from the, the media writing about the game and so forth. Um, it's he's had so many things taken off the table because of penalties or stepping out of bounds or whatnot. Um, but that 90 yard, it looks sweet even beyond that. And could he have gotten more snaps in the game? We, you know, there's all kind of the, the, the first half time of possession really wasn't there for you guys. No, I think, uh, you know, again, he gets plenty of touches for amount of touches we get. Uh, on offense uh, so I think he's still probably our leading receiver I haven't checked the stats today but um, you know he definitely has that explosive uh, ability but you know you, Jordan Howard's got to get his touches and you know and again we were in a game where they forced us to pass probably a little bit more than uh, what we've been in the last few weeks that's John Fox Jeff Joni corners up tight across the board on Detroit's receivers, except for the slot. Snap, Stafford, pressure coming. Ripped up, and down he goes. Sacked by Akeem Hicks. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show here at PNC Studios at Hattles Hall. Akeem Hicks with his eighth sack of the season. John Fox, Jeff Joniak, one more segment with Coach. Uh, before we get to Dave Ragone, the Bears quarterback coach. Uh, overall, I still think whatever sack totals there are, what he's done for the pass rush, it's the team now with 39 sacks. It, it was something that they were targeting, at least 40. I know he's talked about it. I thought he'd get 10 sacks this season, even before the season started. He still might get there. But the value of what's going on in the middle of your defense, from him to Danny to Eddie, uh, Adrian Amos when he was playing well too and healthy, you can't, you can't turn your back on that. that. That was significant play this season. And Akeem should get some Pro Bowl recognition. I don't know if he's going to get in. What do you think? 
Well, I think he's definitely that caliber. You know, I think uh, uh, he, had, he had a couple of near sacks against Cincinnati. I know he was frustrated about, but he's played solid football. He's a force inside. I think he missed Eddie Goldman a week ago. You know, having having that guy in there, he draws a lot of attention, you know, by our opponents, uh, rightfully so. So he's a big, powerful man. He's really, you know, developed into a team guy. He's a, he's a big voice in that locker room. And, you know, I'm proud of his performance. You know, whether it gets those kind of accolades, my experience, Experiences, you, you know, as a, as a team, you got to have more W's, and uh, that that helps those individual recognition uh, votes. Uh, but I know he has the respect of a lot of his uh, peers, and I know he does in, uh, of his teammates in our locker room. You mentioned many times this year you like this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to be personally frustrated that it hasn't been rewarded, you know, in terms of wins and so forth by their performance and everything. Um, what have you come to learn and appreciate, though, about that team in that room? Just the fight in the team, you know, regardless what the score is. Uh, you know, like I said, there's, you know, been kind of a, a gap, you know, between, you know, points we scored on offense and points we've given up on defense. And, you know, I think uh, regardless of how it's going, I mean, I would just go back to the Carolina game and, you know, it's 17 to 3 and, uh, you know, we didn't score a touchdown. You know, the defense scored twice. That's a good football team. You know, I don't think people realize <clears throat> we, we've had more wins against uh, winning teams than the Philadelphia Eagles have. Uh, so there's, uh, you know, I, I know everybody looks at our record. I understand that. You know, I've been doing this too long. You know, 4-10 and is not good enough. But, you know, this team has been in every game, but really uh, two games. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, even the other night, <clears throat> you know, I remember a catch that uh, Kendall Wright made and uh, Akeem Hicks is all fired up on the sideline, cheering it on. It was a great throw by Mitch and a great grab by uh, by Kendall. So, uh, you know, just the fight, and uh, these guys will, will finish this season strong. Why do you think so? Why do you think they have that? Well, I just, um, you know, I just think they believe in it. You know, I think, um, you know, um, they're going to fight for each other. They're playing for each other, and uh, that's what guys do. Do they ever talk to you about the future? No, you know, again, you know, I just uh, really stress that they control the controllable. You know, I know that... Uh, uh, they know I will, and uh, you know I know they will. You know, we'll just, you know, those are things that we don't control, and we'll see what happens. Is that hard to do? It's all hard. You know, that's why when you get to a level of the best in the world at what you do, um, it's all hard. What are you most disappointed in in terms of what you thought you had this year, and what ultimately? Well, just unfolding. kind of the way it materialized, you know, I think, um, uh, you know, the way it fell, you know, the, the, the questions at the quarterback position to start the season, where they are, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously the, the number of close games, um, you know, I really believe this league is set up for everybody to be 8-8 eight and eight, and uh, difference between 6-10 and 10 and 10-6 ten and six is uh, those close games, and we've just come up short in you know, more than our share of the, the, the one-score games. Whether you like it or not, there's a gorilla in the room right now. It's the Cleveland Browns yeah. because they're winless. How do you approach that with these guys? Well, you never look at it. Whether they're 14-0 or 0-14, I mean, uh, it's more about you and how you prepare and what you do. Um, uh, but, you know, we look at the tape. We don't look at the record. Uh, I think that's a misconception everybody has. And uh, I know it'll be talked about, you know, a lot on the outside. But, you know, th- these guys will study their playbook on what we're supposed to do. And we'll study them on the tape, offense, defense, kicking game, uh, figure out the best we can what they do and uh, whoever execute wins. They'll have the respect because that team is good defensively. 
they were one of the top teams stopping the run, first down rushing. They have weapons at on offense at the receiver position now with Josh Gordon. So, But just the aura of not wanting to lose to a team that is winless and could finish the season winless. I don't know if you've ever been in that position before with a team this late in the season. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There haven't been many. I, I, I try not to create more problems, uh, but yeah, that's what you're doing. Um, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. All right. Um, let's talk about Miles Garrett. Just give us a quick snapshot on some of the guys that uh, that you'll be taking a deal with here on uh, Sunday, Christmas. Well, Eve. you mentioned, you know, they've they've they got Coleman and uh, Gordon and Whitehouse, two first round picks. They've got talent. You know, they've got a first round pick at quarterback like we do in in, in, in Kaiser. Uh, I think um, you know, you look on the defensive side, the number one player picked in the draft, Miles Garrett. You know, so they've got they've got talent. You know, uh, uh, so they're capable. They've been in a lot of close games. Uh, you know, hard-fought contest, and that's the National Football League. All right. Well, good luck with your preparation this week, and uh, we'll talk to you on uh, Sunday at the All end. Right. Thank that's you, Bears head coach John Fox wrapping up. Cunningham to the right of Trubisky. They slot receiver to the right, Inman, with Kendall Wright. Left side, Wheaton, and Daniel Brown. Snap, Trubisky goes short right side. Cunningham to catch at the 10 to the 5. Makes a man miss, and he flies into the end zone with a touchdown. Touchdown Bears, and it took a long time to get there on this drive and in context this entire game to get into the end zone with a touchdown. Welcome back to the Bears Coaches Show here at PNC Studios at Hallis Hall. Jeff Joniak along with Dave Ragone, the Bears quarterback coach. Good to see you, Dave. Good to be here. Uh, that was a highlight of Mitchell Trubisky's touchdown throw on a drive that was crazy. Probably pulled your hair out a little bit <laughs> as coaches. Hair I have remained. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah, penalties really wound up at the one, but right. finished out with Benny Cunningham. Overall, Coach Fox just said it. Felt he played one of his best games of the season despite the loss. Uh, in that, we're talking about Mitchell Trubisky and how he engineered the offense. How would you feel about his performance on Saturday? Yeah, I think when you're truly when you're judging Mitchell, it's obviously a body of work. Uh, it's from where he started in the Minnesota game Monday night um, to where he is now. And, and there's certain things as, as coaches uh, that we look for in terms of improvement each week that uh, maybe that he struggled with the week before and see if he can gain on making those improvements. And there are certain things in this game uh, within the pocket that I thought he did extremely well. Uh, play with his eyes up, uh, moved well in the pocket, uh, didn't take any unforced sacks. Um, obviously, you know, there was, a, there was a few plays that he wished he had back, um, specifically the first throw of the interception. And then the second, the second interception, obviously, it was just a, a miscommunication on his read for him. Um, but overall, his ability to throw the ball, when especially the defense knew we were throwing it, uh, I thought he took tremendous steps forward, and I thought he threw the ball uh, with some really good accuracy on most of his passes. Velocity, too. Yeah, right. Uh, Which, some of those he just reared And there are some throws that he was a little off balance and he was still able to get enough on it and just goes to show you the the extreme arm talent that he has and obviously that's why he was taken as high as he was here. The intricacies of it all. Um, you see it better than anybody. We can't appreciate it. Uh, how do you appreciate the intricacies of it? Because you played the game at this sure. level as well. Yeah, it's just the growth. Um, it's just not physical. I mean, I think a lot of people can go out there and, and measure uh, his physical ability, but his mental um, ability to each snap kind of digest what's going on and have equity built up in terms of, hey, I've seen this look before or, hey, I think I know what they're doing and anticipating. And those things, in my opinion, uh, especially as this season has gone forward, 
are, are things that he's made major improvements with. Uh, I think if you really go back and, and really track him in terms of where he started, you know, essentially he came here as the third during OTAs. Um, obviously during injury and other things, he moved his way up. And then training camp, he was essentially the backup. And then when the season started, he was taking scout team reps. So those equities built up in each one of those plays wasn't occurring, especially with the guys he was playing with now. And just to see kind of the timing he's developed with certain guys, his command pre-snap, those things I think will serve him well, not just for the end of this year, but as his career goes forward. You said eyes up. How's he seeing the field versus when he started? Sure. I think it's just the being more and more comfortable within the pocket. And it's really, um, it's really hard to explain that the pocket is a very it's a, it's a feeling in there. Um, you don't want to see anything in terms of the guys around you. You want to feel them. Uh, you can definitely tend and understand when quarterbacks put their eyes down, they're feeling the rush, and then obviously they're not making the plays down the field. And if you really go back and study him this past game, his eyes were up. He was throwing the ball down the field when he was moving in the pocket. And I think if anything else, he takes that with him saying, hey, I have a better feel each week for the pocket. And as like I said, as his career moves forward, those are the things that will stay with him and he can build off of. We've always heard, and just my experience with him as well, even-keeled is a proper way to describe him. But when you throw a red zone pick in the end zone like that, mm-hmm. how was he? And how does he shake it off? He, he came back immediately, and there was no pointing fingers the other direction. It was, hey, I misread that. Um, that's something, obviously, I can't do. But what we try to strive and, and really tell him more than anything else is, fine, we understand that. It's next play, though. I mean, there's still a whole uh, part of the game left to be played. Uh, we understand there was a mistake made, but you need to move forward. And he's done a really good job of doing that. And and uh, taking that and putting it behind him. Did you have to keenly be aware of his emotions and learn his emotions, not just take for granted what well, he seems even keeled yeah, as sure. the season progressed? Yeah, I mean, just getting to know the player. Yeah. Uh, so I you know, obviously spent a ton of time with him and getting to know his personality, but you know, every situation and environment's different, especially when you're on the road and seeing how you're going to react to different situations and and I think he's grown from that, and I've grown coaching from that. That's Dave Ragone, Bears quarterback coach. We'll continue with another segment here, on the, Bears here on the Bears Coaches Show with Dave Ragone, the Bears quarterback coach, as we break down what happened against Cincinnati. But in the broader scope, I think that's what people want to see and hear about is just the overall development. I know people have wanted to ask you questions every day uh, about the progress and how it's charted and how you guys are evaluating sure. Mitchell Trubisky. To me... I, I do want to see it, but to me, it's almost too much. Like everybody, they want to know every single detail mm-hmm. about it, from how he stands in the huddle to what he's saying in the huddle. And I don't know. He's a young man. It's 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 going to change week to week and year to year. It is growth. Sure, we're seeing the growth, but but people really want to know the step by step progress of the making of a quarterback. Yeah, and that's and to your point, that's completely understandable. Um, when you take a guy at number two. Uh, and you obviously can see his physical talent. Um, people are curious to see. And in, in, to this society, right, you want it now. I understand that. Trust us. As coaches and in players specifically with Mitchell. like, And that's the one thing that he's been great with. Mike Glennon and Mark Sanchez have been the same thing with him in our quarterback room. Is, And that's why we look at the game. I, we get the stat line. We understand the ticker. And we get this go across the screen. But there's things within the game. There's like I'll give you a great example. He uses snap count against the Lions twice to draw him off sides in a hostile environment. And at that point, 
four or five weeks ago, teams were getting a beat on his snap count. So he understood that, decided to use it in the game, and it got us 10 yards collectively on both of them. So those little things that don't show up on the bottom of a ticker, we understand that. But for his personal and professional growth, those are tremendous steps that within a game, to be able to think about that, change your snap count, have the composure, and still do your job, it's awesome. And I think that's the way we look at him. We're not trying to baby him in any way, but there's things within this position that if you don't build a great foundation specifically as a rookie, it's hard to build in your second or third year. And that's the one thing we stress to him is this is a process. We understand that. You're getting a ton of game play, which you'll be able to next year build on. won't be the first time you're playing in some of these environments. Uh, you're not the first time playing at home or Monday night football or any of those other things that as a 23-year-old who about a year ago was playing in college didn't really have to think about. Those things, being able to build off those things and understand that, hey, this is part of me becoming a, a quarterback at this level for not just this year but for my career as a starter, those are invaluable. And we press upon them. Those things are important. Like Those small details are not – looked at as, oh, good job. Those are like, hey, understand, like that's going to make you different in this league. And we've been extremely uh, extremely happy with those decisions as he's made. And, again, there's physical things that are always going to happen out there because there's uncontrollable variables. There's 21 other guys. But there's things that he can control pre-snap. There's things he can do with his footwork that have nothing to do with anybody else or where he puts his eyes. And that's the one thing we continue to stress to him is do exactly what you can do don't worry about once that ball leaves your hand. And he's done a good job of understanding that and moving on. Is he patient? Yeah, I think that's probably one of the better words to describe him, but he's competitive. So there's a fine line of I want this to happen now. You know, it's a results business. We understand that from a player and coach perspective. And that's what I tell you more than anything else is we really try to peel that back. I get it. At the end of the day, we all want the win. We all want to have 300-yard games and great quarterback ratings and, and walk off the field with a win. Trust me, we understand that. But there is a responsibility when you take a young quarterback and you do play him. There is a process in which needs to be in place so that he does have a foundation from not just this year but for the rest of his career. And I think it would be irresponsible, specifically as his position coach, not to evaluate him that way. You had an anecdotal moment to describe something significant that turned for him this year. Could have been a meeting, could have been a practice, could have been a throw, could have been something. Yeah, I think it goes back for me is, you know, just even two weeks ago in practice heading into the Cincinnati week, um, there was a different vibe. We do periods against each other, ones-on-ones, and it was one of the first times where – the command he had in which the ball was coming out of his hand, you just walked away from that period going, he gets it. And obviously it showed uh, going into that week and then obviously how he performed. But I always stress this, when you're, especially when you're evaluating a quarterback, that stat line is tricky because there's different ways to get to it. And I know that at the end of the day, guys are kind of measured and valued off it. But I really stress you need to watch all the plays in which that quarterback plays, regardless of who that is. Because a stat line can sometimes not tell you the whole truth of how the guy well, played. You know, quarterback rating. Everybody loves that. Sure. Gosh darn quarterback. It's a hard rating. one to figure out from a formula standpoint, too. I'm not right. sure too many guys out there know how it's even calculated. And then ultimately, sadly, it's the only player on the team that has a win-loss oh, record. That's right. 
That's the okay. story. Right now, the Bears at 4-10. and 10. He started 10 games, and uh, the Bears won four of them. All right, we're going to continue one more segment with Coach Dave Ragone. Along with Dave Ragone, our final segment of the Bears Coaches Show tonight as they prepare for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Dave, you mentioned his competitiveness. I've talked about his competitiveness. I know people in Northeast Ohio that talked about his competitiveness, and it could be anything, darts, pool, mm-hmm. tiddlywinks. Give us an example of what it really is like for this guy, because I really believe he loves the game sincerely. Guys can say they love the game, but I can see it in his face. I can see it in his how he prepares. You see it differently in how he prepares, obviously. And he's got a rookie class of guys that also love the game and seemingly are competitive just like he is. But give us more examples of that competitiveness. Yeah, I think I think a good one for me is um, after each practice, any pass, regardless if it's his fault or not that he missed, uh, he's taking those guys after and he's making sure that he sees that ball completed on that route that he just threw. Um, you know, I've been around where quarterbacks, so it's not even a thought process. Uh, but he wants to make sure that, especially within practice, if he missed something, regardless if it was uh, his error or somebody else's, that he's going to see that successfully done before he leaves the practice field. Um, it's like a kid hitting a free throw. That's right. You, you want to see hit, it go through the net. last 10 free throws or something. That's right. Uh, and just in general, um, and you can feel there's, there's certain competitions within drills or after practice with the quarterbacks that uh, he wants to win. He does. Does he always win these? No, we kind of big brother him a little bit and make sure he knows he's little brother on some of this stuff. But there's certain things where you can feel it. It, it weighs on him uh, specifically, and it really has sometimes nothing to even do with football, just in general. He's just a competitive kid. Obviously, you want that within the position. Um, everybody says you'll interview all these quarterbacks at the Combine and every place, and they'll say, yes, of course, I'm competitive. It's not until he's in your building and you see him interact and you see how he goes about his business until you truly find out if he truly is competitive. I don't think you're going to find a teammate or a coach who's, who won't say anything but he is competitive, which is obviously a plus for him. The best thing he needs to do with that, obviously, is when he's that competitive as he is, is he does a great job of bringing people along with him. So it's not competitive to the point where he's putting others down if something happens. It's, hey, we can't go out like this. This is how we need to do it. Let's get everybody on the same page all together. And he does a great job of that. And I think that competitiveness leads into his leadership. And you can see the guys around him play for him. And he plays for them, which I think sometimes is, you know, you don't really see that sometimes on different teams. But those guys are laying it on the line for him. But he uh, reciprocates that. And that's a great quality to have because he obviously relates to those guys well as teammates. It has to be organic, mm-hmm. right? He's genuine. He's a blue-collar type of guy from yep. the blue-collar area. Um, do you think players see that right away? Because you, you could easily say, hey, you know, you could play devil's advocate here and say, hey, you told him, hey, this is how you got to do this, sure. this, and this. But some of that has to be organic. Has a lot of it been with him? Yeah, I will say this. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There's certain parts of a game or practice where, hey, you might tell him, hey, make sure you go talk to your teammates. But at the end of the day, you build that relationship in the locker room. You build it after practice when you guys are going out to have dinner together. There's certain environments in which coaches have no part of and that's where those bonds are built. Yes, of course, at times in the game or practice they can be. But to really strengthen those, those are done way behind the scenes. And you have to be genuine because guys at this level specifically will see right through you if you're not, coaches or players. 
And I think he's done a tremendous job of being authentic and being himself and not acting like he has to be something for someone else that he's not. And he's done a good job of that. You're his responsibility. You're the quarterback coach. But you mentioned Mark Sanchez. You mentioned Mike Lennon. And Mike in particular, mm-hmm. you know, I'll never forget this season. I mean, in good ways and not so good ways. Um, the three of you together, how, how has that worked? Sure. Uh, it's been a – for me, it's been a tremendous quarterback room. I've been in quarterback rooms before where maybe or maybe not this wouldn't have gone as smoothly. Um, there is a tremendous rooting interest for Mitchell to do well. That's attributed to Mike and Mark. Uh, specifically those two guys in general due to the fact that Mike obviously was the starter uh, then did not become the starter during this year and did not change who he was, still prepared the exact same way. And in that way, just by example alone, without saying anything, proved to Mitchell this guy's all in. And to Mike's credit, Mike wasn't told to do anything different. Mike just is who he is as a professional. Mark Mark's been an asset, and I think it's been said before here, is obviously he's been through a lot of things, good and bad. Uh, He's really good in situational football. He understands how to handle himself just not on the field but off, and he's something, someone that Mitchell um, can easily look to at this level uh, and kind of lean on in terms of, hey, you've been there, done that, you've been in a big market, you've had to answer questions uh, sometimes tough questions, and, and Mark's been there to kind of lean on, and, and Mitchell's used him that way. Do you help him at the podium? No, I don't. I've never – it's not something I really kind of believe in. I think you go up there as a player, um, and you are who you are. And I think if you're scripted or you're choreographed, they're going to see right through it. I also obviously think there's a certain way you need to be, and that's professional. And, uh, and again, everything I've heard how Mitchell's been in front of the media has been great. But that's obviously going to be something that comes from his inner, his inner dealings with himself. It's not about you, but let's talk about you specifically, though, in your career path, whatever you choose to want to be in this league and whatever your goals are. Was this a significant moment for you to get the number two pick in the draft? Sure. Beyond your own responsibility to the franchise and to the player, for you to help mold this player, take his best qualities and make him – start stepping in the right direction as a young man. Sure. I think the minute that pick went through, um, a lot of things went through my mind. Such Um, as? It's an exciting moment. You know, I've been in this league as a player coach for over a decade, and, you know, we've had high picks before. It just hasn't been in my position. Um, But to have that happen and know this kid, knew where he came from, uh, knew a lot about him, uh, knew his makeup, and have a chance to work with him. I think that kind of just hit me, especially when he got here and you saw him through OTAs and and through training camp and obviously his chance to be a starter. I think a lot of those things, uh, it's been a tremendous honor, responsibility. Uh, it's made me a better coach, in my opinion, going through all this. And hopefully I can take it uh, a step further for my career. Old radio guy, you got 10 seconds to put it in context. What should Bears fans be excited about moving forward with him? He's a special kid. That's pretty simple, both on and off the field. 
Dave Ragone, thanks for your time. Yep. Outstanding. Quarterback coach of the Bears. That's going to wrap up our show for Coach Ragone and Bears head coach John Fox. Our producers today, Jim Paget, Big Red over there, Andy Gersher, and Keith Johnson. I'm Jeff Gioni. I've got Bears-Browns Christmas Eve starting at 9 a.m. with our pregame. Noon the kickoff Sunday from Soldier Field. That'll do it on the Bears Coaches Show from PNC Studios at Hallis Hall. Have a great night, everybody, and thanks for listening. This is News Radio 780 at 105.9 FM, WBBM. <laughs>